1: Mr. Rich Eisen. Yes, indeed. Hour number three the Rich Eisen Show live on the Roku channel, live on this terrestrial radio affiliate Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. If you missed the first two hours, you missed a chat with both Bijan Robinson and Will Anderson. Top ten picks, I believe, in the draft. I've got my mock draft, my top ten mock draft, my annual mock draft, where I say, come at me. <laughs> um, and we actually use the symbol for at because it's a social media world we live in. Um, That's coming up. And uh, we chatted with Carson Palmer, one of two first overall selections back in the day in the draft that we have on the show. It's now time to welcome in the next one. Talk about a perfect delivery. In the commercial break, I go in the back. Uh, Liz Weld, the co-executive producer of The Rich Eisen Show, hands me, just freshly delivered, a box of eight beer. Mm. And here is a can to prove it right here in front of me. Right. Um, and joining us here on the Rich Eisen show is the man who created this brew, which is I'm not uh, I'm more of a wine drinker than a beer drinker, but I drink this beer and I'm not just saying it because he's on the phone line. It is outstanding. And uh, I guess to talk about the new number eight in the National Football League, Aaron Rodgers uh, is, in fact, Troy Aikman here on the Rich Eisen show. How are you doing, Troy?
2: Hey, I'm, I'm I'm doing well. The old number 8 going to talk about the new number 8 and uh talk a little late beer. So, now, there you uh, go. Stuff.
1: This is if this was Sesame Street, this would be sponsored by the number 8. Uh <laughs> Aaron Rodgers wearing number 8 cuz he wore that in college Troy unless are, are you working a deal with, with Aaron? I don't, I don't know. Uh, there you go. That might work.
2: Yeah, I wish uh <laughs> smart on his part. I saw where uh I saw where Joe Namath said that he would be fine if they unretired the number and uh I, I don't know. I I know Jets fans are elated right now, as you are as well. I saw your post yesterday about uh the trade finally occurring. It'll be great for the Jets, but I think it was a smart move by Aaron sticking with number eight.
1: Well, I mean, how do you think this can work out? Uh there is obviously so many question marks when you go from one spot to another, which is a sensation you never really uh had to go through. But what do you think about The setup, the whole concept, everything all put together, Aaron Rodgers with the Jets and how it might fare. Troy?
2: Well, um, you know, I think, first of all, a lot of people look at the trade yesterday and then try to evaluate and say, okay, who got the better deal? How does this look? And I I, I never think those trades uh, can you truly evaluate at the time that they take place. I think you have to wait and see exactly what happens. If Aaron Rodgers goes out and plays like the four-time MVP that he's been, and then leads the Jets to the Super Bowl, uh, like Tom Brady did in Tampa, it doesn't matter what they gave up. Uh, it, it would be a huge win, of course, then for the Jets. We saw the commitment then, of course, that the Rams have made over the years with their number one picks. But I expect that it will work out well. Uh, I anticipate that Aaron will, will play well. Um there's familiarity for him, and I think that's the real key. It's, it's different. Uh, and, and although I never went through it, I entertain the idea, but to go from a place where he spent all this time, and it's very comfortable for him, and then to, to go someplace different, uh, it, it, he's, he's now, much like Russell Wilson last year and the others who have come before him that have made that transition as great players, you now have to prove yourself all over again. Uh, because those people in the locker room, the organization, they, they, yeah, they've seen it, but they want to see it up close, and so there is some pressure that comes with that. Uh, but I think it'll be a great, great uh, trade. I expect him to play great. Uh, I like the Jets. I like what they've done defensively. Uh, he's, you know, it seems like whenever you say this is the missing piece, it doesn't quite. The story doesn't end so well, but, yeah. but I expect the Jets to be really good next year.
1: And I'm with you about evaluating trades, Troy. Perfect example, trade between the Rams and the Lions for Matthew Stafford. At first blush, when it when, when it happened, it's like, wow, all those number one overall picks yeah. for Stafford. And, you know, who knows what he can do in Los Angeles. And you look at the trade right now, and the Lions are sixth on the clock because the Rams had such a terrible season last year with the injury front and you're like boy the rams could use that draft choice and that's yeah. how you evaluate that there but evaluating it on the night of super bowl 56 it's like great trade right i mean
2: <laughs> no for sure you know like yeah that. and and like i said i mean i touched on the rams just because of of how they've dealt so many first round picks over the years as we all know in order to bring in proven veteran star players and and that was of course, to, to win the Super Bowl. And now they're, they're paying for that a little bit. But I've talked to a number of coaches. It's interesting, Rich. You posed the question of, would you rather be relevant, like knocking on the door, getting to the championship game, whether it's AFC, NFC, maybe an occasional Super Bowl appearance. You don't quite win the Super Bowl, but you're always there. And you're always winning 11, 12 games a season, and you're relevant. Or would you just rather win the Super Bowl and then just have these poor seasons the other nine years. Mm-hmm. And to a man, they say they'd take the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's that's what follows you on your resume. Uh, once you've done it, then they can't take it away from you. And I think that then nobody really cares. And I wonder what the fan base would say to that. I mean, uh, I've learned that the organizations and coaches and general managers, they lean towards, yeah, we'd have the one great year and win the Super Bowl. I wonder how the fans would feel about that. Everybody wants to win the Super Bowl, but at the expense of not being relevant for the other, you know, part of the decade, uh, it'd be a it'd be an interesting poll.
1: Well, the only rational thing we can do uh, after hearing that is put it on Twitter. That's the only rational thing we can do, right, Chris? So, yeah, put,
2: there you, hey, that's rational. Pop that on yeah, Twitter for a poll, and <laughs> yeah,
1: and and we'll use it as an indicative of of the larger uh, picture. Um, so, yeah. w- one last thing for you on this, Troy is is nothing is more insightful, certainly when two Hall of Fame quarterbacks talk to each other, one who's already there and another one who's going there. I've, I've seen that in, in broadcast meetings myself involving Kurt Warner and a, a quarterback who's getting ready to play a game that they're broadcasting. I'm wondering, is there any insight you could share, Troy, conversations with Rogers last year that indicate how he might view this as a fresh start? Or is this one last role for him, do you think, in 2023?
2: Troy? Well, I would say this. Um, first of all, it's a it's a fair question. And the conversations that I've had, whether it be with guys like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, Drew Brees when he was playing, Brett Favre, you know, there's a number of those guys. Um, there is obviously a level of respect. And, and so those conversations, much like what you've heard with Kurt Warner and the quarterbacks he's talked to, uh, it, it's good. I think there is a brotherhood and a fraternity, if you will, amongst quarterbacks. With that said, uh, although I do consider Aaron uh, a friend mm-hmm. and someone who I think a lot of and have great respect for, he, he plays it pretty close to the vest. And he doesn't share a lot, uh, and, and he's usually – Whatever he reveals, I think he he goes in knowing exactly how much he's going to reveal or what he's going to give of himself or what he wants what he wants the message to be. Uh, but as far as what happened uh, in Green Bay or or why he maybe felt that it was time to go somewhere else or you know all all that has been reported and and discussed ad nauseum, I, I really could not comment on. I do think. I think change is good. I mean, we all we all go through that. Uh, I went through it uh, on a much different level, of course, last year going to ESPN. And mm-hmm. I think that when you've been doing it for a long time in one place, sometimes going somewhere else and seeing how they do it uh, does kind of re-energize you. And I know that he had talked about retirement. There's been a lot of conversation about that. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I don't think it means that he's less motivated to go out and play great uh in fact i think now that the trade has happened and he is going to be in new york and playing uh, i i think that uh he's more committed than ever uh to prove that he's you know the best quarterback in the game today and and uh, one of the best to have ever done it
1: and they also have the horses i think i mean they really do have those yeah. kids and and quinn and williams in the middle of that defense as well i mean he he basically wore quinn and williams all all four quarters when the Jets visited Green Bay last year. I mean, um, and, uh, but the reason why I ask that is that does change the evaluation if he does play more than just a year or even two. Like, uh, obviously well, that's I, rare to do into your 40s, but, it, I mean, he's he seems tremendously in shape. That
2: seems to be, you know, Yeah, I think, you know, he, he can play uh, several more years if that's what he chooses to do. Right. I, I asked him years ago, I said, this was, you know, Brady was maybe 40 at the time or – 41 42 whatever it was and was talking to to Aaron and I said you know for some reason I just don't see you playing until you're 45 years old and and he didn't comment and he just kind of had that smile that we've seen so <laughs> many times you know and so I do think there's probably a feeling on his part maybe if they win the Super Bowl maybe you say hey you know what a great way to go out but I do think there's a feeling on his part that the trade was made and he wants to give all that he has, so uh, part of me, although I don't have any insight, part of me would be surprised if he only plays uh, the one season. But I liken it a lot this situation, and it's a bit unfair uh, to when Tom went to Tampa Bay. But Tampa Bay wound up putting more pieces around him in addition to what they had. The Jets have done similar things, but the defense for the Bucks were a good defense. And I think the Jets are, are a really solid defense and get after people as well. So as a quarterback, you come in and you, you have that part of it. Uh, that that makes that opportunity look a whole lot better when you don't feel like you're going to be in these shootouts week in and week out. you got a chance to kind of ease your way into it, even though expectations will be high offensively. And I do think they'll be really good on offense. hard not to be when you have him as your quarterback. But I think there's a lot of things in place. And when Robert Sala got to the Jets, and I watched him in a preseason game, I, I, thought, <clears throat> I thought right away, I said, wow, this is a defense. They fly around, much like what we saw when he was coaching the 49ers. And I said, this defense is going to be really good in a short period of time. And I think we've seen that.
1: I've got a can of eight beer in front of me and number eight on the phone from ESPN Monday Night Football, Pro Football Hall of Famer, three-time champion Troy Aikman here on the Rich Eisen show. Do you have an opinion on any of the quarterbacks up for being drafted on Thursday night, Troy?
2: Uh, you know, I, here's the hard part, Rich, is that I watch these, I watch these workouts and I, if you can't look like a first round pick in shorts, throwing a football <laughs> with no one rushing yet, then you, then you, you there, there shouldn't be a conversation. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how you evaluate a quarterback watching a workout. Quite honestly, uh, you know, yeah, you see the ball. I, I think I think arm strength is often overrated. Uh, I've heard people say, "Hey, this guy can make all the throws." I still don't know what that means because what quarterback, what, what throw cannot a quarterback make? I mean, I want to hear rather than he can make all the throws, I want to hear someone say this quarterback cannot make this throw. Um, there's only 32 of these jobs. And if you can't make the throws, then you shouldn't be talked about in the first round either. And you're not going to play. Um, and, and so what, in my opinion, defines whether or not a guy is going to be effective. One the things, first of all, you got to have good players around you. So if you go to an organization, like we were talking about just now with Aaron, if you go to a team that has good things around you, like we saw with Brock Purdy going to the 49ers, you have a chance to play well, and play well early. I was a much better quarterback when we had more talent than I was early in my career when we didn't have much. So it does take some time. But of uh, the things you can control, mm-hmm. you know, all of the measurables those 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 are the easy things. I mean, that doesn't define how great a player is going to be. Tom Brady is a classic example of that. What what in my opinion defines it is: does he make good decisions under pressure? Does he want to be great? Is he a good leader? Can he get along with his teammates? Is he going to be the first guy in the building, the last guy to leave? You know, all of those things, and no, none of that you can't measure any of that. So, and it's sometimes hard. I think oftentimes you can sit and talk to somebody. There's there's no foolproof way, and that's why you know, it's a flip of a coin as to whether or not a first round pick is going to be successful. But I think you have to be in the room and talk to a lot of people and really get to know the person as to whether or not then do you like the guy. Now, me just looking at these players and saying, okay, well, I see this, I see that. Uh, You know, I mean, I I, I look at Bryce Young, and he's played against top talent. Uh, He's played well. And the height thing I know has been talked about is size. And and I, I don't think that's as big of a factor. The game has changed. It's played differently than it was, and then you tend to think, "Hey, I've heard he's a great guy. I've heard all the things that I just said. Mm-hmm. I've heard he has and he possesses." You say, "Okay, he's done it at a high level where he's been. Uh, you, you'd probably bet that he's going to play at a high level, you know, than in the NFL." But I, I heard somebody say that at number two, Houston has to take a quarterback, and uh, because they're in desperate need of one, and I say, if if they don't like the quarterbacks then you don't take a quarterback. I don't think you take a quarterback just because you need a quarterback if you don't think the guy can play. And then that becomes the evaluation process. And the last part of this is this, Rich, that Mm -hmm. I've been saying this a long time. Every year there is a top quarterback in the NFL. But that doesn't mean that every year there's a franchise quarterback in the draft, you know? So you have to – you have to i I don't know if it, every year there's a top quarterback in the draft. That doesn't mean that every year there's a franchise quarterback in the draft every year. but every team, as we know, that is starved for a quarterback, you tend to get a little over anxious and you feel like you I think sometimes you talk yourself into it and say, this guy's the future for us and and we've all seen so many of the quarterbacks that haven't had the success. Is that all on them? No, it's not. Like I said, a lot of times it's on the organizations as well.
1: in the few minutes I have left with you, Troy, let's talk about your drafting. 34 years ago, I saw your post as well. 34 years ago, you were Jerry Jones' first draft choice, weren't you, right?
2: I was. What was that? It was interesting when I came out because my senior year at UCLA, I played in the Cotton Bowl here in Dallas. And so Tom Landry and Tex Schramm, they were at every practice. Gil Brandt was at every practice. So that was the old guard, as you know. Yeah. And then after that game, about a month later, uh, Jerry Jones – by the Cowboys and now all of a sudden uh, Gil was still involved but yet you know he was kind of taking a secondary role to some regards and then I'm getting to know Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson who I'd known back I've known Jimmy since I was 14 when I went to his football camp he was recruiting me at Oklahoma State and then I was drafted yeah number one overall and uh, it's it's crazy that was 34 years ago I'm thinking man I don't know where the years have gone, but uh, but yeah, it's something I'm very proud of. I'm proud to have been the number one overall pick, uh, but I'm also uh, proud to have been Jerry Jones' uh, very first draft pick. That means a lot to me. So
1: there were no cell phones. Uh, did he get on the phone to you, like in the green room, a landline in the green room or something like that, Troy? No, great
2: question, Rich. Thank you. Um, yeah, really great question. It was different then, as everything was, yes. but back then you only were in New York. The draft, of course, was in New York. You were only in New York if you were the number one overall pick and you were already signed. (laughs) And so I signed two days before that draft. Yeah. I flew to New York. I was in New York. Uh, I was there. Stephen Jones and Charlotte Jones flew with me and, and my agent, Lee Steinberg. Yeah. We saw Phantom of the Opera the night before the draft. I walked out. That's the other part of the draft that means a lot to me was Pete Rozelle. Yes. That was his last year to preside over the NFL draft. He only did it for the first round, of course. And so I got, I came out, first overall pick, took my picture with Pete Rozelle, and then Paul Taglabu took over right after that as the commissioner of the league. So a different time. Now you've got, I don't know, 30 players or however many it is that are in the green yeah. room, as you well know. Uh, much different.
1: Was it? Was there any uh, stickiness to the negotiation with Jerry? I mean, that's his first yeah. NFL negotiation. Was with you too?
2: Yeah, right? it was. And uh, I will say this: that Lee Steinberg, who uh, the, you know the best there is, and had negotiated a lot of big contracts, he w- he marveled at how smart uh, Jerry Jones was, and then uh, his, a guy named Mike McCoy, who mm-hmm. uh, was also involved in the in the negotiations. For a guy who had never done an NFL contract, I mean, they, they were really smart. They've proven how smart they are, of course. There's a, there's a reason why they were able to buy the Cowboys, Jerry Jones was. But, yeah, at one time when I was asking Jerry, even then, before he had ever been the owner of a team for one game, was telling Steinberg that I should be willing to play for half the amount I would play for anywhere else <laughs> because I was going to get to play for the Dallas Cowboys. Come on. So he, was selling, he, he was selling the Cowboys. And uh, – he he threatened if I didn't lower my asking price. He threatened that he was going to draft Tony Mandrich, uh, you know, the offensive tackle, <laughs> who became a good friend of mine during the draft process. Sure. Uh, but then you know that draft in itself was a was a great class and uh, proud to have been a part of that as well. So you were not
1: only Jones's first draft choice, you were his first NFL negotiation and his first threat as well towards a player and his first in the NFL. His first what? What was the last part? Threat. Threatened you? Oh was, yeah. <laughs> you were the receiving.
2: You were the you were yeah, the receiving
1: so, end of his first yeah. <laughs> threat as an NFL owner as well.
2: I, for some reason, I, I'm not. I'm not going to guarantee I was his first threat. The others, <laughs> I would say yes, you're right. But
1: that, <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Uh, yeah. So tell me about the beer. How can people get your beer, Troy? Because it is awesome.
2: Well, they, you got to be in Texas. We're only we're all, we're still only distributing in Texas. But okay. You can go to Eight Beer. Mm -hmm. E-I-G-H-T, 8beer.com and type in your zip code it'll tell you exactly where you can pick it up but it's gone fantastic, we're in year 2 90 calories, 2.6, it's the healthiest I say healthiest, it's the cleanest beer on the market so if you like light beer and you like the taste I don't know why you drink anything else
1: by the way I love it, it's Elite Light Lager you're an elite quarterback making Elite Light Lager, I love the the use of elite with the number 8 and again the can is awesome the box is great, the packaging is awesome and uh, I appreciate the time. Always, I do not, uh, I do not take it for granted. Thanks, Troy. Appreciate it.
2: Appreciate you, Rich. Thanks so much. You bet.
1: That's Troy Aikman, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Yeah, he is. Tony Troy. Mandrich wouldn't have worked out. I'll be honest, as no, well. I love Troy Aikman. I'm just going to say it.
3: You got zero rings if you take Tony Mandrich.
1: <laughs> but we didn't. I love that he can't. But we didn't. You'd have. I just, not only was his first negotiation, first draft choice first threat he's like can't guarantee i was his first threat probably threatened uh some somebody in the ownership uh negotiation right probably how about that he's never owned the cowboys more than just a week or a month Mm -hmm. and he's selling the cowboys brand saying you should take you should take half (laughs) funny love it all right great stories i love love it it. let's take a break Always like t- that. I just turn my mic off and sit back and listen. Oh, I, it's, it's great. Uh, Troy is obviously uh, a world class storyteller, uh, as well as a world class individual. Uh, hey, I'm going to tell you the first ten picks of the draft. Hey, In hey. And a mock, it's a mock draft. Call your guy, Brock. It's a mock wh- guy? Action. Which guy? Oh, he, he's got a guy. How dare about. you say such a thing? I read it. Put it on the Stugatz uh, boat. <laughs> hey, <laughs> take it offshore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All hey. Right. All score All right. Let's Please just roll
0: your break. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Amy Trask will be, yes, you can applaud. You can turn on your microphone and applaud. That's fine. I mean, I love Susie. <laughs> she feels the same way. She, that wasn't thinks that we're time too, she thinks we're too tough on you.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and in all honesty, you are. Does but she like express it?
1: that when I'm not here, too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I like yeah. it. Yeah. Keep giving me shit. She sticks up for Mike if we go okay. at him a little bit. Uh, Amy Trask will be her in-studio guest. Um, and, uh, and more to come on that front. And Kirk Morrison will be here on draft day and then the day after the draft. Talking about his draft experience. The draft is great. I am. uh, I believe there's a... Do we have that photograph? I received this uh, photograph from uh, the King of Spring, as he likes to call himself, Charlie Charlie. York, who is now in charge of the entire uh, production operation of NFL Network. Um, He sent me this... He sent Joel and uh, Joel Klatt and Charles Davis, Daniel Jeremiah, and yours truly. He texted all four of us since we're sitting on the set. There it is. Oh, look at that, Rich.
0: There's that's our set nice. in
1: front of, that's the Union Station, uh, famed Union Station train station in Kansas City and the, the fountain in front of it. Um, that's the draft hall behind the fountain. And then the area around it will just be filled with people. Oof. And I've been told it is a record crowd. Supposed to, they're expecting more people to attend the draft in Kansas City than the Super Bowl parade. There it is. Look okay, at that. I that. imagine that's ESPN in wow. one of the tents next to ours. That's, that's set Look up. That. that makes sense, though. I mean, the Super Bowl parade is one team. fan People based. everywhere. That's true. This yeah, and this now this, people come all 30, over the place. Yeah, 32. Right, and it'll be amazing when, uh, you know, the Denver Broncos get booed on the clock. That never happened in uh, Radio City Music Hall, for instance. You know, the Raiders. That's right. They will be booed <laughs> heavily on the clock. And the, <laughs> chargers, the chargers, chargers will be booed on the clock. Um, who else? Who else? Who don't the Chiefs like? Well, the Jets. They don't Jets. like the Jets because Aaron Rodgers is down it now. <laughs> City of fountains, Rich. Kansas City. How about oh, that? Yeah. Look at that. Never I guess it. last year in Vegas, that's two years uh, there'll be a fountain behind me. That's true. Yeah, just be no Blue Man Group. There'll be no band playing in yeah. the either. Uh, like, I don't know. Years past. Right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That draft hall's pretty close, but I don't care. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be great. Oh, it's going to be epic. Epic. Ep- phenomenal. Yeah. Ah. Uh um, hilarious. Anthony in Ohio. Let's take your phone call. We've been hanging on for a while. What's up, Anthony? Or Anthony. Say hey, back in the, my homeland. What's up, Anthony?
2: Hey, what's going on? I just want to say hi to everybody. Um I'm going to be in the hospital for a couple days. Oh. I got a procedure to That's okay. what they do with um disabled vets. They gotta make sure that we're all right.
1: Well, I hope you are all right. And we send yeah, our best to fine.
2: you. I, I just want to holler at you guys before you left um for your trip to uh, Kansas City. Thank you. Uh, congratulations again on uh, finally getting that guy. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Yeah, we got him finally. We'll see what happens from well, here on out. Yeah. But uh, you know, well, I, apparently, I'm,
2: yeah, I'm from Chicago. I'm born and raised. I'm from Chicago, so I'm a Chicago sports fan. Okay. I just wanted your take. I don't want to keep you guys long. Go for it. Want your take on what do you think that uh, what my Bears are going to do oh. with this draft?
1: Well, that's a perfect lead into my mock draft. I would think. But um personally I think the Bears are looking to trade out, depending on how it goes. I think they'd love to trade down and keep getting more people. But uh, uh and if an offensive lineman that they likes there though, they might pull the trigger. That's my two cents yeah, on that. Yeah,
2: I'm not looking at a quarterback. I think we oh, got no. the best one at, yeah. If I'm you just, did, you'd have I stayed really, put. Yeah.
1: If 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 the Bears were looking at a quarterback, you'd have stayed put. So I appreciate the call, Anthony, and uh I, I wish you uh yeah, good luck with everything, a quick good luck. painless procedure and and um, Call us when you're out. And yes, call us when you're out. I've done this. How many years in a row have I done this? I forget. It's at least two or three. Look, it is um, the only time I wade into the pool of uh, the mock drafts. And I just have to let everybody understand going into this, this is the most wide open draft, one of the least predictable drafts. Um, I can recall I, that involves quarterbacks too, and I would take a thirty percent hit rate on this. That puts me in the in the baseball Hall of Fame and Museum, right? We'd make some money on thirty. percent so You just want three picks, right? I don't. That's this not is insane. not about money. I feel like I should be like David Letterman with the stupid human in Petrix. Please, no wagering. Nobody <laughs> that said that every that single that time that before that introducing that. I thought you said bet the farm on. No, no. I don't. I, I don't approve. So I need NFL Films music, Mike, or for you to stop doing whatever you're doing on your phone. I was waiting Thank you. for you to say. There we go. Say it. I'm ready. <laughs> and just please <laughs> understand, this is not the real draft. I understand. Oh. Uh, I, I. You know. Oh, Rich is talking the draft draft picks on TV. It might be the real draft. It no, might no, be, no. Uh, no. There's, be, no there's no. It is. There's no Kansas City fountain behind me or Union Station behind me. I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm just mocking it. Yeah, sure. Why not? Thank you. Here you go. <laughs> that's what get Mike back. was looking at. Number up, one <laughs> on the list. I guess? Carolina Panthers traded all the way up to go get Bryce Young. Ah, uh, that's it. Uh, minus 800. That's it. I don't care that Will Levis has a Reddit stream or a friend that put on Reddit that he's already been told he's going to be the Carolina Panthers choice. They traded all the way up. All those draft picks to take Will Levis over Bryce Young. That ain't happening. It's Bryce Young. Uh, I believe it was Bryce Young at the Combine. There was a, a hot minute where C.J. Stroud, it's Bryce Young. Number two, the Texans. It was definitely going to be whoever the Panthers didn't take of Young or or Stroud, right? Until about a week and a half ago, suddenly uh, Schefter saying it wouldn't surprise me if the
2: sources say. Sources
1: say. <laughs> Whenever you imitate Schefter, you got to imitate Caliendo, Caliendo imitating Schefter. It could be. It could be. Right? So... <laughs> It might not be a quarterback. It could be somebody other than a quarterback and Breer echoed Brea. that sentiment. Breer came on he, he echoed that sentiment. So when the Texans get on the clock, it'll be a big mystery Thursday night and then they're going to take CJ Stroud anyway. Let's get, oh. get out of here. Yeah. Get out of here. Don't think too hard on get this, here, right, Rich? Get out of here. What are you going to let him What are you going to let him sh- show up in Indianapolis? Really yeah. and face him two times a year? Just turn the card get in. Get out right? of here. <laughs> get out of here. How is it not CJ Stroud? Please. I I mean, it could be Will Anderson. It could be Tyree Wilson. It could be... Will Levis is the favorite, Rich. Okay. All right. Fine. That would be great Ah. for him. You you might not hear his name in the next few minutes, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. Number three overall. Again, my mock draft doesn't have trades. I'm not going to sit here and say, this guy's trading up, because I, I... Honestly, the only trade I'm, I'm concerned about right now is the Rodgers trade, having T's crossed and I started already. Okay, <laughs> Will Anderson Jr. is going to be the third overall pick. Hey. Arizona's going to take this kid out of Alabama and tell him to go hunt the NFC West quarterbacks for a decade plus. That's who I got, third overall. Now, what happens at four? I'm hearing a ton of Will Levis here. I'm hearing a ton of Will Levis here. But if I'm going to go basically Chalk coming out of the combine and say everything that's happened over the last six, seven, eight weeks has just been smoke, line, season stuff. And the way that you evaluated him coming out of the combine through the pro days and all that stuff means Anthony Richardson's in Indianapolis Colt. Hey, whoa, I'm taking him fourth overall. Want we'll to talk about an upside? You want to talk about a ceiling? And if this means Gardner Minshew's got to play a year in the uh, in the AFC South, so be it. count me in. Count me in. With all his Burt Reynolds memes and his <laughs> jean short shorts. Short. All of it. Let's go. I mean. Uh, but I think Anthony Richardson's too good for the guy who just was coaching Jalen Hurts to pass up and take him. Number five on this list means this would be the Jalen Carter spot to land. And Daniel Jeremiah came on yesterday said he had one highly well-placed source, knowledgeable source saying, Seahawks are taking Jalen Carter. And another one saying, no chance to take Jalen Carter. <laughs> I say they take Tyree Wilson and stick him uh, up there to go hunt. He might be number three overall, which means Will Anderson can wind up here. You heard how Seattle went and chatted with Will Anderson, too. But I go Tyree Wilson here, and Seattle takes that kid out of uh, Texas Tech and and tells him to go hunt in the NFC. West, just like the Cardinals do Will Anderson. Number six, this is where things are going to get a little bit, uh, you know, off the reservation or not, I say with the Lions holding on to the pick. You heard how B. John Robinson went and visited him. You've heard how you know Jalen Carter went and visited. I say they go uh, Devin Witherspoon. I say they go corner out of Illinois. I think he's going to be really talented in the NFL, and I think the Lions believe it. And I think that uh, they could use him, right? So Akuda out, Witherspoon in. Let's roll. Yeah. Uh, number seven on the list. The Re... The, e, e, re, re, re. Thank you. Oh,
0: Mike. Look at What's you, the, Mike. You think I don't oh. pay attention? You Peter. do! Oh,
1: you Mike! Too. Way to go, Mike! Good job! Attaboy! Del Tufo. Magic hands. Okay. The autumn wind is Del Tufo paying attention. Yes. Even though it's the spring. And it's his job to pay attention? True. Technically. They're going offensive lineman here, and they're going to take the kid out of the Ohio State. Paris Johnson Jr. is going to be a Raider, and he's going to protect Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever they choose to put back there once Jimmy G hands the reins over to who knows. But the autumn wind is Paris Johnson Jr., and he can protect the blind side of Jimmy Garoppolo as he tries to take the Raiders to the promised land. And... Music sting at a boy uh, number eight. Look at you! I'm gonna make Saratana happy, Chris. I'm do putting it. I'm <laughs> putting Bijan Robinson in Atlanta. He's a favorite there. Why wouldn't they do this? Nice. Uh,
3: makes too much sense. They hit
1: the hell out of their defense on uh, in free agency. Sure did. Let's go. Got Desmond Ritter. Help him out. Let's go. Bijan running a ball, running a rock, controlling the clock. Arthur Smith. Look what he did with Derrick Henry in his offense. Not saying the kid's Derrick Henry, I'm just saying he can he'd be he be a really good asset right here, and I think they're gonna go wait for him. Number nine, number nine coming out of the combine at the combine, just fresh out of the combine. It was this kid from Northwestern, Peter Skoronsky, holding down the fort for Justin Fields. I mean, he's exactly what the Bears need. I've been told the Bears covet him. He's, he's well-known to the fan base, obviously, there in Chicago. And how do you not want to hear Bears fans say the word Skaronski? Right. Like, literally, we would have to call up George Went. We would have to get Joe Mantegna back on this show just to say that word and then send him in a courtesy car back home.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Worth it.
1: And then number 10 on the list, he's fallen all the way down to him, and you know the Eagles would just jump all over him. Jalen Carter is a Philadelphia Eagle would be a shocker. And I just wanted to just go really off the reservation and just have this kid drop right into Philadelphia and be teamed up with Jordan Davis again. Wow. That's just Would that be sick if that happens? How do you move the ball on that team? I don't know. But as you know, that's what the Eagles do is they covet players for their defensive line and right in the middle and go for it. Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and this kid – so, come at me, is what I'm saying. Oh, nice photograph, Mitch. Oh, I yeah, appreciate it. Look at that. Oh, uh, with the point. Yeah, hey. I, I look smug, like I know what I'm doing. Wow. I look smug. That's great. I'm not going to lie. So, that's a, you know what that, that phrase says? Come at me on Twitter. You know what? Wow. All you folks who paid for Twitter Blue, come at the guy who got it for free, because Elon Musk is clearly not knowing what he's doing. The hell going on? That's right. <laughs> That's my come at me mock draft. What do you think? I'll take criticism, concerns. Will Levis drops out. Jalen Carter drops to 10. That's why I'm saying I'll take a 30% hit rate. Look, I'll never, take three out of 10 being right. You have as much chance of being right as anyone else who's Thank putting you. out multiple mock drafts. So you. I, you know what? I'm on board with yours, actually. Chris? I don't think Anthony Richardson goes that high. I'm hearing he's dropping all the way down to the 20s. Yeah. I think the you think Will Levis goes there, huh? I think Will Levis. So goes you could there. swap in Will Levis for Anthony Richardson and Richardson drops out.
3: I think, and, and it seems like. And what else? This
1: what seat? else? Jalen Carter goes to Seattle yeah, instead of Tyree Wilson? Yeah,
3: that's what I think there.
1: What do you and... think of Devin Witherspoon for the Lions?
3: That's the favorite there, that, Is it really? Yeah, that's minus money at number oh. six for Devin Witherspoon. So I So think I'm you, doing minus money. I stuff. think you kind of nailed I had that. No one. I no idea. Okay. You kind of nailed that. Okay. I don't, know, I don't know what the Raiders do Aye. at seven. Um,. The favorite is
1: Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, Uh, I know. Right. I just think. So I'm not sure. How do you not get a lineman? How do you not get a big, huge left tackle? Well, they need to,
3: I mean, they need a tight end. big tackle.
1: Huh? They're not taking a tight end top 10. I'm just saying. They need one. And Bijan at eight.
3: Skaronsky, I think you nailed. I think that's the pick there. Okay. Okay. And then I think you nailed Bijan, too. Hey, thank
1: you. I'm going to put a dollar on all these picks for you. I don't want that.
0: Oh. As a matter of fact,
1: <laughs> I must request you don't do that. Got it. Just do it for your boy. Thank you. And no, no, I don't mean me. I mean Cage. I it's was about girl. to say, you oh. are his boy. Oh. So. No, <laughs> no, it was it was really his actual boy one. One. who came to watch my youngest boy pitch uh, Little League. How about that? Yesterday.
3: He was screaming at the catcher? He was. He was screaming hey, at the catcher. catcher! Seriously. <laughs> like, he
1: almost went after Blue. Cage was? He almost? Yeah, he almost went after the ump. Understandable. Sometimes you feel like that. He was. Body, body. I, I noticed that even though I was, uh, I, I was, I was a little, well, I was pacing.
3: Richard pacing. he was uh, nervously eating peanuts.
1: How does one nervously eat peanuts? Uh, t- tell me honestly, hey, how
3: did what I look? Okay, it, was, it wasn't just like the normal like crack, eat. It, it was like a lot of really fidgety, and then you were just kind of kicking the shells on the ground.
1: Ooh, I was, I was shell
2: kicking. Shell kicking. Really? Shell kicking.
1: Are you calling me a shell kicker? Shell kicker. You were tense. You were
2: tense. Was I? The Sherman Oaks shell
1: Uh, kickers. Coop was pitching. (laughs) Coop was pitching. (laughs) Sherman Oaks shell (laughs) kickers.
0: Sounds like a band. (laughs) S-O-S-K.
1: All right, let's take a break. Uh, uh, My favorite general manager of all time, Joe Douglas, uh, has spoken.
0: Hey.
3: Favorite GM of all time. (laughs)
1: Is that too much? Uh, to make it right. early yeah. I don't know. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O oh oh O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. it was right around a year ago next week, how about that? Uh, when we had Joe Douglas of the Jets, general manager on the show, and I turned into Chris Farley from the Chris Farley Show. <laughs> remember that time you took Sauce Gardner? Oh, yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> and then, remember, you got Garrett Wilson? Uh, that was awesome. That was awesome, remember? You you traded back in for Jermaine Johnson? That was, that's awesome. And then you drafted yeah. Brees Hall, second round. I, Without those picks, maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't as interested in coming to the Jets as he clearly was. Just throwing it out there, just spitballing. He's not just coming to go to New York. It's a pretty damn good option. So, my favorite general manager of all time. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Man. Well, Del Tufo's been playing the other options, uh, the other option all day long. I'm the general yeah. manager of the New York Jets. That's the floor.
3: Yeah, that's the <laughs>
1: Or, wait a minute, that's the ceiling in many ways. Uh, All right? It's a struggle. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, oh my God. John Isaac's voice is, is is a chalkboard to me. We won't uh, judge oh, job status in the season. Oh, God. And, and, and Mike Tannenbaum obviously could be sitting there going, well, wait a minute, what, what are you talking about? So, that's the, Isaac is the floor. At any rate, Joe Douglas. He gave up a lot for somebody who's pushing 40 and said I don't want to play anywhere else and I'm definitely not going back to the team that's uh that that has me he did give up two spots in the first round, and he gave up a second-round pick in my estimation that I didn't even pay attention to. I didn't think they were using that thing, period. And then it's next year. It's rolling the dice. You want you want to perform as well as you possibly can this year, so a next year's first-round draft choice is easier to swallow. Certainly, it's very easy to swallow when you're staring at something very shiny in a case. That said, when Zach Wilson was clearly struggling last year and clearly exiting the season as, in my mind, non-viable as an option to start the season for the Jets in year three. Why Rodgers? Out of all the other options, as we all know, they told Derek Carr, you could be a 1st ballot Hall of Famer if you come here. And we all know there's Lamar still sitting out there eager, I would imagine, to be signed to an offer sheet. Instead, they go Rodgers. Why is that?
0: I mean, obviously, uh, Aaron's one of the one of the best quarterbacks to ever play this game, and um, to to have an opportunity to to add a player of that that caliber, um, you're always gonna you're always gonna look into it and, and how it how it fits within within our culture, within our team, and um, you know, obviously, um, it's it, it it goes back to something I said to you guys in Phoenix. It's a it's a real. It's a real credit to Robert, his staff, and what he's been able been able to implement um, with our players and with, with everyone here. That a, that a player of Aaron's caliber um, would even want to come here, and so um, you know, we're just we're, we're all excited to add someone of of his character and his ability.
1: That's right. He wants to go there. You know what? That's the offensive rookie of the year. That's the defensive rookie of the year. That's an all-pro, and Williams, grown-ass man in the middle. That's Brees Hall, hopefully coming back from a a knee uh, injury. And by the way, Mike, apropos of nothing, you're the Rich Eisen Show audio expert. Strong mics. Or just really heavy fingers on the typewriter hey. on, on, on the keyboard. There. Strong
0: mics and heavy fingers. So it's Same. both little it's bit, like a little you of me. Somebody's
1: somebody's a very yeah. heavy typer. Oh, yeah. Every okay. now and then you can hear Mike. My goodness. Well, I mean you're a very heavy typer. Well, and I'm a breather type. as well. Do I breathe heavy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> don't change, But I don't wish change I wish Joe Douglas could use a visual aid, because I would have helped him. Why Aaron Rodgers? Put it up. Why Aaron Rodgers? The rest of the 10 years. Look at this list. Stack one on top of the other. And what do you got? You got one Super Bowl ring from over a decade ago with Joe Flacco. And a whole lot of wanting somebody like Aaron Rodgers to show up. Fitz was good. So good he's on Amazon a couple years later. And they didn't even make the playoffs. And I love Ryan Fitzpatrick. Get out of here. Ten wins. And I, I don't imagine Aaron Rodgers is going to throw. How many, how many interceptions did Fitz throw in Buffalo in that last game where they needed to win to make the playoffs? I'm sure Mike Hoskins yeah. must know. Seventy-two. Because he probably remembers that gift of a of a game, for his, against his beloved Bills. Now here's the last question. What about Zach? Really? That was asked today. It was.
0: Yeah, um, I feel like this is going to be a, a great thing, a great thing for for Zach. And, you know, I, I spoke to you guys at the Combine, and, you know, um, Zach Zach's ceiling is unlimited. And um, no one works harder, no one loves ball more than Zach Wilson. And um, him having the opportunity to really shadow and, and be, be with a, a first bout Hall of Fame quarterback um, every day, uh, every hour he's in the building, that's a that's a great opportunity and a, and a great experience.
1: I'll say this as succinctly and respectfully as possible for two reasons: one, we only have a minute to go, and two, it's it won't take much very long. Zach, appreciate what you did for the last two years. If we find out that you still are a viable quarterback in the NFL for the for the Jets, then something's gone wrong with the Aaron Rodgers. He's got to play two years to make this trade work. And they're not going to make some decision on picking his fifth-year option up based on having him back up Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to see Zach. I want Aaron in there, and I want to make the playoffs, and I want to win the big one. That's what this is about. With all due respect to Zach Wilson, we better not see him play for the Jets in his first contract again. And I don't know how you sign him to a second one. I want Rogers playing until he's Brady's age. How does that sound? Here endeth the show. I'm fired up. I'm going to Kansas City. Kansas City, here I come.